Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Broadcast of Tap into the Truth. With you as always, I'm your ever so humble host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from historic Roan County, Tennessee. It is indeed time to tap into the truth, so I do hope you are having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all of the usual caveats, of course. For those of you who are regular listeners, thanks for being here. Always appreciate it. For those of you who may be new to the show, Welcome. Hope you'll hang around and check us out. In the meanwhile, I've got something I have got to get off my chest. Before we get to today's main stories, I want to touch on something that I talked about on Sunday's show just a little bit. Now, for those of you who tried to listen in live, I must apologize. Studio was dark. We had some weather issues, uh, a unexpected uh, severe thunderstorm had come through earlier in the day Sunday. And uh, unfortunately, it had wreaked havoc on a lot of my electronics uh, when it did so. Studio was pretty much dark from about 12.30 until almost uh, uh, almost uh, 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time here. Uh, in that process, uh, trying to get everything up and going, uh, ended up actually having to record... Uh, on a different platform and then upload here. So I hope most of you guys were able to check that out. At any rate, one of the things we were talking about, of course, was, as the title of Sunday's show might uh, suggest, was the repeal and replace. But unfortunately, it seems as if there's a lot of finger pointing going on, and that was in full effect Sunday. Uh, saw it on all the uh, Sunday morning talk shows, all the news programs, everybody wanted to blame somebody, and it didn't matter if it was the Freedom Caucus or if it was Rance Priebus or uh, anybody else that got in the way, folks were getting the blame. And my complaint was with the folks who wanted to, uh, folks who wanted to blame the Freedom Caucus because 
plain and simple. The members of the Freedom Caucus stood up to a bad bill. I know a lot of Republicans who are Republican first, many of whom are not conservative at all, saw this as a great opportunity. And I wanted to revisit that because I've still seen Monday, Tuesday, and even a little bit today on social media, a lot of folks that are part of the Republican team that are more concerned about wins and losses are still very upset and are actually applauding Donald Trump's threats to reach out to Democrats. Quick uh, shout out to Mary who just joined us in the chat room. Good to see you, Mary. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't want President Trump to reach out to Democrats. I would love for some Democrats to get on board and say, hey, let's do what's good for the country. I just don't suspect that's going to happen, given where the majority of Democrats are sworn an oath of loyalty to Team Democrat, which means that party comes first. It means it doesn't matter what's best for the American people. It doesn't matter what's best for the country. It doesn't matter what's going on, period, as long as it's win first, party first. Bottom line is that the people, especially Republicans, who want to continue to point fingers at and blame the Freedom Caucus for stopping a bad bill really needs to stop and think about what is at stake. The American people voted for, elected, and gave majorities to the Republican Party in the hopes that they would behave exactly like the Freedom Caucus did. Period. I've become infuriated over this topic and had discussions with people who have been longtime friends of the show, but unfortunately are still more about Team Republican than they are about America. So let me put it in simple terms, because this is how I've been trying to explain it. When we elected people to the Freedom Caucus and when we elected other Republicans who talked like and acted like the Freedom Caucus actually did, we did so because we wanted the foundation of the cesspool that has become Washington, D.C. to be repaired and fixed so that we can have a new foundation for which to build our constitutionally federated republic. We want to save this nation. That's what we wanted them to do. That's what we elected them to do. Multiple times while Barack Hussein Alu Akbar Obama was sitting in the White House, knowing that there was exactly zero chance of a repeal of Obamacare making its way through the Senate and to the president's desk and being signed into law, because no matter what crazy stuff might have actually happened in the Senate, 
Barack Hussein Alo Akbar Obama was never, never going to sign a bill that undid his namesake legislation. Paul Ryan and every Republican who touted this ridiculous excuse for a replacement bill, it was a bad bill, ladies and gentlemen. It was bad. It did almost nothing to get rid of the worst parts of Obamacare. And in fact, when people referred to it as rhino care, repeal in name only, they were dead right. They were spot on. No questions, no confusions, no no room for even argument. Now, Team Republican wanted a win. They thought they could force this through. And the worst part, and I mentioned this on Sunday's show, albeit late, is that had this bill, this rhino care, this bad bill, made it to President Trump's desk and had been signed into law, they would have thumped their chest, they would have claimed victory, and they would have never revisited this deal until it was time for phase two to be put into place. Oh yeah, that would be phase two of three phases, which wasn't scheduled to take into effect. It wasn't scheduled to be looked at and mandated until after the midterm. What happens, ladies and gentlemen, what happens if through some crazy and wild turn of events, the Democrats took back the Senate in the midterm? Or if the Democrats even, dare I say it, managed to get control of the House, then phase two is dead and it's all done. But let's, let's go back to the example I was talking about, because the example I've been trying to use all day is if you have a toothache, if you have an abscess, you can take some aspirin or some Tylenol. It'll give you a temporary fix for the pain, which is at best what this rhino care bill was equivalent to. It was a minor fix for some of the less palatable to conservative portions of the bill. It was a band-aid. It was too aspirin and call me in the morning. Mary says it was a placebo, which actually is probably way better because it was all uh, smoke and mirrors. Nothing of substance really got done with this. Obamacare certainly wasn't being repealed through it and what was being used as a replacement. But at any rate, if you take two aspirin when you have an abscessed tooth, you can maybe go a few more hours before you're back to dealing with the excruciating agony of this abscessed tooth. What you need is someone to go in and actually treat the abscess. You need a round of antibiotics to clear it out, and then you may need a tooth extraction. We needed a dentist not to aspirin and call me in the morning. 
<clears throat> if you have a roof in your house, if you have a leak in your roof in your house, you can put a tarp over it. That'll hold for a little while, but it's not going to stop all the water from getting to your leak. And the problem with the leak coming through your roof is it starts rotting the wood. It starts tearing away at the support stats that's over your head, what makes your house a home. We don't need a tarp over the leak. We need a carpenter, a roofer, to come actually repair. That's what we sent the Freedom Caucus there for. That's what we sent the rest of the Republicans there to do, to do the job they promised the American people and actually replace. The notion that they could not simply push through a simple, clean repeal and then work on whatever legislation might actually make health insurance more accessible to people is ludicrous. Now, as of today, I did start seeing where President Trump and other surrogates have finally said just what I said Sunday, that being that health care doesn't have to be on the sideline. This deadline they gave themselves was a false deadline. They did it because Trump wanted a PR victory more than anything. I don't even think Donald Trump knows what all is in this particular bill, much the same as Barack Obama had no idea what was in Obamacare. But he wanted to win. He wanted the optics. He wanted to pad the resume of see what I did in the first hundred days. Now, as far as him reaching across the aisle to Democrats to try and replace those pesky conservatives in the House, well, more power to him. As you will recall, and I have said this quite often, I thought we had better candidates than Donald Trump. And one of my concerns was the fact that I don't believe he stands firmly rooted in conservatism. Now, for a lot of people, that's not a problem. He's been a Democrat most of his adult life. He has stronger associations and affiliations in work environments and in the political environments with lifelong Democrats than he does very many Republicans. He does have a bit of an ego, and he doesn't take losing particularly well. And if he sees this as a loss, he's going to do exactly that. He's going to call out who he thinks cost him the victory, and he's going to try and punish them. And he's going to try to move forward, and he will reach out to Democrats. And there are reasons Democrats should want to support this bill. Democrats should want to get on board with this in a hurry. They should want the bill to exactly the way it was because, number one, it doesn't really undo their favorite parts of the Obamacare bill. Number two, it would be phenomenal for the Democrats to get the Obamacare legislation <clears throat> repealed before it finally collapses on itself, which is going to happen if allowed to continue. If they can get rid of it, they can claim the failures with this new bill to be all the fault of the Republicans, and they can say, see, we were right all along. Obamacare would have been so much better than this. Now, we all know, everybody listening to this show, 
We all know that that's BS, that it's phony, that it's fake. It's just not true. We know Obamacare was designed to fail. But we also know how the Democrats play politics. And with the media on their side, they could convince countless rank-and-file Democratic voters Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That that's exactly what happened. So they could blame the Republicans. They could sacrifice just enough Democrats. Call them some uh, blue dog Democrats. Cut them loose from the party as need be. And let the Republicans take the hit for a bad bill. The Freedom Caucus stood up for the American people. They stood up for the Republican Party in ways that the current Republican Party doesn't understand, and they tried to do the work of the roofer. They tried to do the work of the dentist. They tried to do the work of the handyman that's going to make sure that we fix whatever reason there's water in your crawl space or your basement. They're trying to keep us from suffering through temporary fixes. We sent these people to D.C. to fix things, to pull themselves up by the drawers, to by not being concerned about public opinion in so much as, will I get reelected? Will I hurt somebody's feelings? Will the snowflakes cry because of something I say or do? No, we sent you there to do the job. The Freedom Caucus members who voted no on this bill, they did the job. And they're taking the heat now. But for those of you who don't understand, for those of you who want to point fingers at them and blame a team Republican loss on them, you need to do your homework and figure out what was actually wrong with this bill. We need to stop pointing fingers, and we need to get to the work of fixing the problem. Let's deal with the abscess tooth. Let's not continue to just give a little Novocaine shot, and feel better. The longer we wait to fix these problems, the worse the problems get. Let's take it back to the house. The longer you wait to get that roof repair done, the more of the roof, and then possibly walls, and then possibly even your foundation that will need to be fixed when you finally get along with it, finally get along to it around to it. Easy for me to say. And Mary's completely right. I don't understand why the Dems didn't vote yes. I'm surprised they didn't pick just enough Democrats to vote yes to pass this so they could claim, well, we were trying to be bipartisan to see if we really could work with this president, get it passed, and then the rest of the Democratic leadership could still stand back and say, no, we oppose this. We believed Obamacare was the best case in the first place. And now now that this bill has failed, uh, and now that the law has been put in place, and they undone everything that was 
You're right, Mary. I, they should have. If they were smart, they would have. But maybe, maybe we'll still see them do something like that because they don't want to be seen as obstructionist, even though they make it clear that is their one and only intent. They don't care about the American people. No one is more racist, demeaning, bigoted than the Democratic Party. They're the ones that make sure that the labels stay in place and everyone is put neatly in their little boxes and put on their little shelf and only brought out and shown off when the moment's right, when it benefits them. The Democrats could have gained a lot by this bill passing, and the Republicans could have been doomed by it. Let's stop pointing fingers at the Freedom Caucus, and let's start electing more people like them, people who will stand on the principle of doing the hard work so that it hurts less. Is it going to hurt to fix the problems in D.C.? Yes, but part of the reason it's going to hurt it's because it's been allowed to get as bad as it has. It's been allowed to continue. And the best we can do is some moron wants to tell us, uh, put a tarp on your roof. Here, take a shot of Novocaine for that toothache. You'll be okay. You'll feel better. I don't want to feel better about it. I want it fixed. And so does the majority of the American people, some of which don't even realize how badly they want it fixed and won't until it hits them hard, smack between the eyes. They've managed to avoid it. Heaven help the few people that actually have been benefited by Obamacare. Thank goodness you were able to get the help you needed. But guess what? It's not the role of the federal government to provide insurance to anyone. And it's not my responsibility to pay for the things that you need. If I choose to donate or contribute or participate in a charity, my choice, my cash, I get to do that. I have that say. The federal government does not belong in my bedroom, my wallet, or my life. And guess what? It doesn't belong in yours either. No matter what the Democrats say, no matter what the establishment Republicans say, no matter what any of the so-called progressives, regardless of what letter they have showing up after their name, may say. It's just that simple. We sent them to do the job of fixing the country. And that's it. End of discussion. Anyone else out there listening still has a problem with that, doesn't see it that way, see me after class. And that's today's Off the Top segment. All right. Uh, here, I'm also kind of trying to keep an eye on, as we're live on air, uh, some of the possible uh, breaking news stories. You know, uh, a Wednesday not too long ago, we had a certain federal judge in Hawaii make a ruling about a temporary restraining order about Donald Trump's travel restriction executive order. There was actually a hearing scheduled for today by that same judge as to whether or not to extend said restraining order. If 
that breaks while I'm on the air, I will bring that to you. So I'm trying to keep an eye on that as we uh, go. But uh, the next story, the main story uh, for tonight, and it's certainly not the biggest story, uh, but it is a California-related story. There's two California-related stories I want to get to today, one of which I'm sure you heard plenty, one of which you may not have heard too much about. In fact, right now it's kind of angling towards being the uh, headline you may have missed uh, <laughs> kind of segment. See, California, they have their state Supreme Court, and of course their state Supreme Court Chief Justice is kind of left-leaning. No big surprise there. We are talking about California. Uh, somehow or another, this judge, however, seems confused. Seems to believe, in fact, that enforcing immigration law goes against the rule of law. Uh, yeah, okay, let me say that again. Enforcing current standing on the books immigration law goes against the rule of law? Okay, um... All right, California's Chief Justice. Uh, I'm not even about to attempt uh, pronunciation of the last name, but uh, Tanny uh, appears to be the pronunciation for the uh, first name. So at any rate, I'm just going to refer to her as California's Chief Justice, so uh, stay with me. Uh, she is, however, fast emerging as one of the Trump administration's most vocal vocal critics in the judiciary. She used her annual State of the Judiciary address. Yes, that's a real thing in California. And actually, I think it happens in most states, but uh, it doesn't happen in all states, and so it may sound a little odd to some of you listening. But uh, she used her annual State of the Judiciary uh, address to argue that the rule of law was being challenged amid the Trump administration's immigration crackdown. Without mentioning Trump by name, she did tell the state's lawmakers that, quote, the rule of law means that we as a people are governed by laws and rules and not by a monarch. Got that? According to this judge, the rule of law means that we, as a people, are governed by laws and rules and not by a monarch. Okay, so if you move to another country illegally and that country tries to make you leave, that's somehow a challenge to the rule of law? If we have laws in place that specifically lay out how you can legally move here, how you can legally 
work here, how you can legally move towards becoming a citizen here, isn't that those laws and rules that you were talking about? Isn't enforcing those laws the responsibility of law enforcement and then through extension our judiciary system? Now, I'm sorry, Your Honor. Thank goodness I don't live in California. Sorry for you conservative folks that are living out there. I, I know there's a lot of you, actually. You're just scattered out, and uh, unfortunately, the populated areas are most populated with blue, and they tend to outvote you guys and by peer numbers. But thank goodness I'm not there. I'm, I'm sorry for you guys. I, I hate this. It seems as if she understands part of what it means when we talk about the rule of law, because she does have part of it. But evidently in her mind, much like in the minds of many other activist judges and many other Democrats at large, particularly uh, office holders and members of the legislative as well as the judiciary, Rule of law to them means that we can only enforce the laws that they want to enforce, and we can only enforce them in the exact sensitive, caring, snowflake-approved, safe spaces, warned, trigger warnings in full effect ways that the tree huggers at large want to enforce them. She's the one who decides. Chief Justice of the California Supreme Court, because she's not a monarch. She's not a queen here in the United States. She's not the queen of California. She's simply the Chief Justice of the High Court of the State of California. And the last place that our law should be enforced is anywhere near a courthouse. I mean, seriously, this is America, right? So if she had her way, as several other Democrats had their way, we should just follow suit. I mean, seriously, here's the message. Uh, President Trump, you and your entire administration, stop challenging the rule of law by enforcing it? Seriously, that is where we are at today. I I don't know. I don't understand when it became so very difficult for judges to understand that the rulings that they make have ramifications. They have consequences, the same as elections do, but they're supposed to actually honor the oath they take and make the dispensary of their opinions and their rulings based on the notion not of social justice, but of actual justice. They're supposed to look first at the law. 
They're not supposed to let their feelings get in the way. But uh, as Mary pointed out in the chat room, it, it doesn't – she mentioned specifically location, but I, I'm going to amend this just a bit. It doesn't really matter where they're at, Mary. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. These activist, so-called progressives, whose only true intent is to destroy the Constitution so they can take your liberties and freedoms away and you have no legal place to fight them. They all rule by their feelings. They all look to protect the minorities that are victimized. Real quick, I would once again remind the Democratic Party that they are the party of slavery. They are the party of the Ku Klux Klan. They are the party with the most racist and segregationist history of any group of people to ever walk the earth. This includes many despots and would-be rulers of the world that are often thought of as being some of the worst people in history. I would also remind you that the history of the Republican Party was it was created for the specific purpose of ending slavery in the United States, which was one of the first countries, I remind all of you who seem to think that this nation was built on the backs of slaves and indigents and that we are at our very core an evil country that's to be despised rather than admired. I remind you that we were one of the first nations in the world to actually outlaw and ban slavery within our borders. And we did this knowing our founders, our framers, the people that put the Constitution in place, the people who fought for independence from the United Kingdom, the people who knew what they were doing when they decided to give us a constitutionally federated republic instead of a democracy. Poor little misguided snowflake. We don't live in a democracy. We don't have a democracy. We have certain democratic aspects to how we do some of the governing here, but we have a republic, a republic that is federated for the purpose of keeping the central government weak and one that is constitutionally limited, powers enumerated and specifically written out so that everyone who was taught to read could see for themselves what authority 
this central government does and does not have. That is what we have, boys and girls, and that is what we must fight to preserve, because without it, only hard tyranny comes after. A judge should know what the rule of law means, and a judge should rule or render their opinions on the cases they see and hear based on what the rule of law says. But once again, what I refer to as the Howard Stern effect is in full effect. It's been so long since judges have been held accountable that they now are starting to believe they do in fact have monarch-level authority, that they can smash down the executive and overrule the legislative on any grounds rather than actually on the limited grounds as laid out in the separation of powers, again, by that nasty little document I keep talking about, the Constitution. This woman who dons the robes of justice that has accepted responsibility for maintaining our societal safety, is spouting nonsense. She literally told the whole of California that it is their duty to stand opposed to Donald Trump and his administration for simply trying to enforce the law. Yes, I do believe that a judge should know what the rule of law means. And despite a partially correct definition that she gave, and I emphasize partially correct, it's pretty clear through her actions and the rest of her statement that she really doesn't know at all. Now, there is another miscarriage of justice that's moving forward in California, one that I actually said uh, about a year ago is probably going to happen. Uh, the wheels of justice turn slowly. We'll get to that a little later. But the next story still involves immigration. Sort of. Again, if you follow me uh, in social media, you've probably seen links to every story I'm going to get to tonight uh, already. And maybe you've seen some of the things that I've quoted alongside or quibbed about them. But uh, I'm going to transition here because this judge talking about the rule of law is still missing the whole point because to this point, the Trump administration has focused their raids on illegals almost exclusively towards individuals that they know are violent criminals. That's what most of these have been directed at. Has there been an exception? Has there been someone else caught up? Uh, maybe, but it certainly hasn't happened often. If it does happen, we certainly will know about it sooner rather than later. 
But that still doesn't keep people like a certain Massachusetts state representative from trying to do the socially acceptable thing and protect illegal immigrants. Again, illegal immigrants. Immigration is a legal act. It cannot be done illegally. She had to warn these people in her community about an imminent ICE raid. Massachusetts State Representative Michelle Dubois posted a warning to the undocumented members of her community that follow her on Facebook yesterday about an upcoming immigration and customs enforcement raids that were rumored to be taking place in the area. In fact, in the post, Ms. Dubois wrote, quote, ICE raid in uh, Brockton, Massachusetts. Again, this was yesterday. Uh, she said that there would be an ICE uh, raid in Brockton. If you get picked up by ICE, call Legal Services Direct Line for Immigration Help. She gives the number and then said, got the following information from my friend in the Latino community. Well, actually, I guess she said in the Latin community. Quoted as saying, I got the following information from my friend in the Latin community. I have a message for the immigrant community of Brockton. Please be careful on Wednesday, 29th. ICE will be in the Brockton, will be in Brockton, not in the Brockton. I'm assuming there's more than one Brockton. Um, Anyway, ICE will be in Brockton on that day. She went on continuing saying, if you are undocumented, don't go out on the street. Now, Ms. Dubois, by the way, is a Democrat, big surprise, represents the 10th District which is not far from Boston. She continued, if there's a knock on the door of your house and you don't know who it is, don't open the door. I ask you to be careful. You know what? Actually, that that may not be in this modern era we live in. It may not be bad advice for anybody. If there's a knock on the door and you don't know who it is, I, I wouldn't blame you for not going to the door. If you do go to the door, assuming that you are legally eligible, may not be a bad idea to go prepared in the event that this person knocking on your door is violent. Uh, prepared, you know, maybe a firearm if you can legally have one, you know, whatever you need to do. Not that I'm saying to use it. I'm just saying be prepared. We live in dangerous times. I I have scared more than a couple of uh, church family members, quite honestly, because I didn't recognize their vehicle and I didn't recognize them from the window. They were knocking on the door and I was half asleep. So I go to the door uh, with my firearm. They go, ah! <laughs> it's, it's embarrassing after you recognize the alarm. Say, oh, sorry, that, that just... Hey, uh, what's going on? Fortunately, most of the members of my church family are also (laughs) gun owners, legally. Several of them even have carry permits, so they weren't uh, 
too bothered by it. So it worked out, but I'm saying it's probably not a bad idea. But Mary, you're exactly right. That's part of the uh, point that I made when I was – because I'm pretty sure, pretty sure. Now, I haven't talked to a lawyer about this in this specific case, but I am quite certain that it's a crime to aid a criminal in committing their crime. Now, if you have come to this country illegally – then you are a criminal. If someone helps you, then they are also a criminal. Then if someone helps you to avoid law enforcement officers that are engaged in lawfully conducting their duty, then you are also guilty of, at the very least, obstruction of justice. Mary says that uh, I hope you don't get any uh, ICE agents killed. Now, as it turns out, this rumor was just that. It was a rumor. Now, whether or not ICE decided to withdraw from it or postpone because this got out or if they had never intended on doing it in the first place, it doesn't really matter. They did not proceed, or at least they haven't yet. Maybe they'll hit some folks hard a little later. I don't know. But at least by all accounts at this point, it didn't happen. But here's what bothers me more than anything else about this story. The way the media has approached it, even the way local law enforcement has approached it, they seem more concerned about her spreading a rumor than they are about her actually committing a crime herself. And it's clear that she did. But as a Democrat, of course, because she – was trying to help disadvantaged members of her community, many of which I'm sure voted for her in the last election, despite the fact that they're illegal and not eligible to vote. Hey, they're Democrats, right? She's a Democrat. That's what happens. Lots of people who aren't eligible to vote either because they're not real, like Mickey Mouse and Superman, or because they're dead, or, well, because they're convicted felons who haven't gotten gotten their rights reestablished yet, or in this case, people that aren't legally here, so they can't legally register to vote. It doesn't stop them. That's why Democrats hate voter ID laws. They hate them. They're perfectly okay with requiring you to have an ID to open a bank account or to cross into another country or whatever it is you want to do, but it's an unfair and unreasonable burden for the poor, for the disenfranchised, and for minorities to get a photo ID and remember to take that with you when you go to vote. Oh my, oh my. But yes, if this raid had continued... You're absolutely right, Mary. It could have cost law enforcement officers their life. She followed up her original post with a chart, a visual chart. And again, this story you can find a link to at the Tap into the Truth Facebook page if you haven't already seen it. Um, I, of course, 
you can find this story on almost any news uh, media outlet now. Uh, I found it yesterday on uh, the Daily Caller, however, if you're so inclined to find that. That's the link that I've linked to. But she put up a visual chart explaining what to do if ice comes to your door. And let me read to you from that lovely blue and orange color-coordinated chart. First of all, what to do if ice comes to your door? Do not open the doors. Ice cannot come. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Men without a signed warrant by a criminal court judge. They can only come in if you let them. <gasps> Remain silent. ICE can use anything you say against you in your immigration case. So claim your right to remain silent. And it even says, say, I plead the Fifth Amendment and choose to remain silent. Now, again, I don't know, constitutionally speaking, how many of these amendments actually apply to non-citizen criminals, but we'll continue. The next thing, do not sign. Don't sign anything ICE gives you without talking to an attorney. Report and record. Take pictures and videos unless you're on federal government property. Take notes of badge numbers, numbers of agents, time, type of car, and exactly what happened. But here's my favorite. This is awesome. If you don't read the rest of it, you might even get the wrong idea. Fight back. Okay, now if you're if you didn't open the door and you remain silent and you didn't sign anything, then I don't know how you get to the report and record section, and you certainly shouldn't be getting to the fight back. But I guess they continue just in case you're too stupid to do the first three things. But the last one on the chart is fight back. Get a trustworthy attorney and explore all options to fight your case. If detained, you may be able to get bail. Don't give up hope. Join your local team to defend yourself from enforcement. All right. Now, excuse me, but that doesn't sound like very good advice. I mean, legally speaking, yes, that. Uh, Obviously, if you want to stay in the country, you should use whatever legal means to do it. 
But I would still stand up and say, you shouldn't have come here illegally. You shouldn't have. You broke the law. And there are consequences for breaking the law, citizen or not. Now, after the original post, Dubois received numerous comments criticizing her warning to the illegals. So she was uh, saying, well, I'm deleting the attacks. In fact, she wrote uh, in uh, one response to some criticism, this post is to inform, not debate immigration policy. It's my page, and I can delete posts. And uh, that's what she did. But again, we're back to looking at how the media is covering this and how law enforcement has reacted to it. And it still keeps coming back to one simple thing. Most of them are more concerned about her spreading the rumor and fear-mongering among the illegals in the community. The closest thing to a legitimate argument that I heard brought up was in somebody stating that don't you feel it actually makes your constituents less safe to make them fear law enforcement instead of learning to trust them? Now, the obvious answer to that is, of course, yes, yes, of course it makes my constituents less safe. But I'm not really concerned about my constituents right now. I'm not really concerned about what's best for America. What I'm concerned about is toting the party line and trying to help take a stand along with other Democrats and trying to maintain sanctuary status in the face of the mean old, mean old Donald Trump president who's going to take our money away to make it harder for us to be a sanctuary city or, in some cases, as Jerry Brown is calling for again in California, a sanctuary state. Never mind the fact that high school girls are being brutally raped and tortured by illegal immigrants, 17 and 18 years old, enrolled as freshmen in the high school because of where they tested. It's another story I really didn't want to get into today because I'm still waiting to see how that's going to play out. But it was making the rounds today on social media that the defense attorneys are now putting the girl on trial. You know, that same tactic that we've heard multiple times primarily from Democratic-minded people, that uh, a woman can never truly ask for it. No matter how she dressed, no matter how she talked, she's got the right to change her mind up to any point. And I'm not actually arguing against that, by the way. I, But I'm saying we've heard that a multitude of times. I do think there does come a certain point if you're leading a guy on, and I say this because I am a guy, so maybe it's just the sexist in me. Forgive me if I go too far with it. Quick shout out to Bigfoot. Glad to see you. Welcome to the show. Maybe it's just me. But I do think there is a certain point where if you're leading a guy on flirtatiously and you take it to a level that has him overheated, that you can no longer reasonably expect him to stop. I, however, 
do not believe that through the use of text and pictures, which again was part of what was claimed in this story, and like I said, we'll talk more about this maybe on Sunday uh, as more details come out, but uh, they're claiming that uh, this girl, this was all part of this prearranged and pre-planned thing, and that it was consensual, which is, of course, what almost everybody claims during a rape uh, defense these days. That was consensual. Yeah, she deserved it. This girl is a high school student. And I seriously doubt that if she sent pictures and texts to one of these gentlemen, one legally an adult by our standards, the other at 17, both of them still enrolled as freshmen. And I wonder if this girl, despite whatever relationship she had with one or both beforehand, realized that they were both that age. Because again, they come in as freshmen. If you're a freshman, you probably shouldn't be 18. I don't know how much she knows. Uh, yeah, Bigfoot, uh, the the Rockville rape. And, and again, it's just a, a quick mention of that as I was talking about uh, Massachusetts State Representative Miss Dubois. Uh, That's what we were talking about before you hopped on. Uh, and her Facebook posting yesterday warning the illegals in her community that uh, – she had heard there were going to be raids from ICE uh, in her area. So, of course, Ms. Dubois wasn't concerned about what's best for America. She wasn't concerned about what's best for her constituent. She's more concerned about protecting illegals so that they can commit acts like raping high school students uh, in high school bathrooms and evidently being pretty proud of it. That's where... That's where we're at. And the fact that, again, next to nobody is calling out Miss Dubois about the fact that she did commit a crime. You know, she has the freedom to post what she wants to post on Facebook as long as it's not criminal. We all have to abide by the same rules and laws. If I was to post a warning to... Annie over at Southern Sense. Look out, Annie. Uh, the Obama administration's deep state covert shadow governments uh, on their way to come take you out before you can uh, before you can broadcast this Friday's show. And I posted that on Facebook. Guess what? I would be in trouble. Obviously, Annie would have been branded a criminal. Although probably a better uh, example would be Cal, since Cal up in Canada right now is facing these ridiculous Islamophobia laws that are about to move forward and about to become law in Canada, for crying out loud. If I was to post on Facebook, Annie, look out, uh, the shiny ponies coming to get you, I would be charged even down here for obstruction of justice, probably a bunch of other completely made up charges that they could stick on to. But this woman possibly 
Yeah, I had actually talked to Kel about that, Mary. Uh, I uh, hope that she is safe in London. We all know it's a, a dangerous place uh, these days, as is just about any place in Europe. But uh, state representative or not, she committed a crime by putting this posting on Facebook. Had ICE actually been going to do these raids, as Mary pointed out earlier, she could have very well have endangered their lives as people would have responded in unpredictable possibly violent ways. Because remember, the people that ICE are going after right now, they're not just uh, single mothers with 14 kids that uh, are working in the popsicle factory uh, 14 hours a day to try to make ends meet. They're going after the gangbangers and uh, that ill, the drug dealers and the the dangerous folks that uh, kind of like to kill. That's who ICE is going after right now. Those are the people you actually were giving a heads up to, Miss Dubois. I'm quietly chuckling at what Mary just said in the chat room. And for those of you who are listening but not in the chat room, uh, this is one of those opportunities that I would like to take to remind you, you should listen live. You should join the chat room. You should participate. Make this show yours as much as it is mine, because that's what these folks do. Uh, they hop in here, and uh, sometimes they completely ignore me, and they're having a completely separate conversation, and the conversation's usually pretty good. You guys are missing out. So uh, check it out. And if you are listening right now, but you're not in the chat room, sign into the chat room. See what Kel and Bigfoot are talking about. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Trust me. If you've hung around long enough to listen to me to talk about this, then so be it. Now, we've already talked about California's Chief Justice and her lovely statements about how enforcing immigration law is a challenge to the rule of law. Go figure, right? Now we talked about uh, somebody breaking the law, obstruction of justice, in order to try and warn illegals. Now let's head back to California. Although, before we do that, let me check real quick again, see if there's any breaking word in the hearing in Hawaii, because I'm still expecting, uh, much like last week, that this will probably break while I'm on the air, whatever our friend, the federal judge in Hawaii, decides as far as uh, continuing his... uh, Restraining order against the travel restriction executive order. Still not going to call it a travel ban. Just not going to do it. Uh, But, uh, okay, I've checked. I don't see anything breaking yet. Uh, And I would love to be able to be one of the first people to let you know, yes, uh, surprise, surprise, uh, the judge drew (laughs) blah, 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 blah. (laughs) <laughs> the judge grew a brain and decided the law actually does matter. Uh, no, nah, that's not likely. All right, so we'll uh, we'll circle back around to California because there is a travesty of justice taking place in California right now. This is one I'm sure you probably have heard about today, but uh, it's 
kind of important, so we've got to talk about it a little bit here. Californians went ahead and indicted uh, two activists who filmed the whole Planned Parenthood talking about selling baby parts. You know, we talked about this story when it first broke. Uh, there was an effort to indict them in Texas. The charges got dropped. But now uh, David and Sandra, that wacky couple of pro-life activists, ones who actually filmed Planned Parenthood and employees of other abortion groups offering to sell organs from aborted babies uh, in a series of undercover videos, well, they've been indicted on 15 felony counts by the state of California. Unfortunately for David and Sandra, uh, they were working for the Center for Medical Progress at the time, and uh, each one of them currently faces 14 separate counts of recording a conversation without the permission of all participants and one count. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Of criminal conspiracy to invade privacy. Now, again, I'm not a lawyer, and I haven't had a chance to get a lawyer to chime in on this yet. But uh, usually, uh, there's there's about three or four folks that do practice law that's in my social circle, and ordinarily I can get them to give me an off-the-record response. I haven't had a chance to talk to them about this yet, however. But uh, I'm pretty sure that the effort to conduct business is not protected uh, under privacy laws if that business is, in fact, an act that violates federal law, which, again, I remind every Democrat who's all about abortion and all about a woman's right to choose, never mind their right to choose not to get pregnant in the first place, my God in heaven, I don't know how much uh, birth control costs in the state of California, but here in Tennessee, it's pretty dadgum reasonable, okay? So if you just absolutely, positively have zero control over your libido, you can't just say no. You can't just say, oh, it's my body and I've got the right to choose. I can have sex with who I want and when I want and how I want. Fine. Then have the gumption to have safe sex. Have the gumption to utilize contraceptives. If you can't have the baby, don't risk having the baby because it is a baby. It is a living thing. It is human. Human. As a species, we are human. Homo sapiens, if you want to go into the Latin. There is no such species as embryo. There is no such species as mass of tissue. It is a human child from its inception, period. And 
even if you are completely agnostic or the biggest atheist on the planet, do not believe in divine anything, how can you still deny the science that establishes the fact that that's not a puppy in there, it's not a bouquet of flowers, it's not a watermelon trying to wait to ripen, and despite certain colloquialisms, it's not a bun in the oven. It is a human child in development. If you don't have the gumption in you to take responsibility for the actions of creating a child and bringing that child into the wonderful world that we all share, then for crying out loud, be responsible for yourself and stop whining about the expense of contraception. Because, honey, <laughs> I'm getting some funny looks here from Mary in the chat room. And yes, you can give me looks from the chat room in case you're not there and don't know. Uh, honey, you, you, you can't possibly, and this is the first thing I thought of when Sandra, uh, Sandra Fluck, the darling of the left a few years back, uh, <laughs> was trying to sue Georgetown University to provide contraceptives for law students there, you can't possibly be having enough sex that you can't afford to be responsible. And I'm kind of going down a different tangent here, so I guess that's why Mary is giving me the funny look. Uh, let's get back to the main topic here. Where was I at anyway? Anyway, the California Attorney General, a Xavier uh, Bercera, I believe, is the pronunciation of the last name. Uh, I know Xavier is the first name. Anyway, the California AG uh, happened to said in a statement that, uh, quote, the right to privacy is a cornerstone of California's constitution. Wow, who knew California even had a constitution? I didn't know anybody in the state of California involved with government work could even say the word constitution. Maybe had some help from a Republican friend. I don't know. Anyway, the right to privacy is a cornerstone of California's constitution and a right that is foundational in a free democratic society. We have a republic, not a democracy. We will not tolerate the criminal recordings of confidential conversations. You are having the conversation with the individual that recorded it. Now, in California, if you are in the state of California, you cannot record the conversations unless all parties are made aware. Okay. However, that's not the case in all states, and if you are in one state that allows only one side to be aware, you can be talking to someone in California and record that without their knowledge. So they might have been better off if they had scheduled this, had meetings, and then recorded phone conversations instead from a safe location. So the California AGs not going to tolerate the criminal recordings of confidential conversations, hiding the fact that these individuals were breaking federal law uh, in the interest of harvesting organs of fetuses. He continued. Actually, no, he did not continue. Uh, uh, da da da. Let me double check here for our names. Uh, 
David, David and Sandra, they're the two, Sandra Merritt, and uh, uh, Daleiden is uh, David's last name. Well, now I'm having difficulty with the tech here. I love it when my screen goes uh, blank. Anyway, Daleiden uh, said in an, e in an email to the Associated Press calling the charges bogus, uh, quote, the public knows the real criminals are Planned Parenthood and their business partners. Uh, very good that they mentioned that. Uh, he also said the charges are being brought by the abortion industry's uh, political cronies and that uh, the California AG, who just so happens to be, wait for it, wait for it, a Democrat and a former member of Congress with a lifetime 100% rating from Planned Parenthood's Action Fund, uh, announced the indictment Tuesday night. Videos uh, that contain graphic images of aborted fetuses and abortion providers literally hag haggling about the prices of organs and joking about wanting to buy sports cars. I mean, I think we've all seen these by now. They were largely ignored by the mainstream media, but it got a lot of us, conservatives and Christians in particular, very upset. And we were the torchbearers on this story. We had to push this out so that people even knew about it because the mainstream media knew that this could have been the death of Planned Parenthood. Pressure was actually put on corporate sponsors to stop donating to Planned Parenthood over these videos. Literally saying that they needed to buy sports cars. The selling of human organs for profit is illegal. But no charges were ever brought against anyone that actually committed this crime, that was caught on video. Planned Parenthood celebrates these two indictments on social media. They were going absolutely uh, gaga, saying that the California AG sends a clear message. You can't target women and health care providers without consequences. You can't target women and health care providers without consequences. Now, uh, Dale Liddon, uh was uh, on Twitter uh, blasting back, saying that Planned Parenthood colluded with political cronies to persuade uh, – to persecute, I'm sorry, to persecute citizen journalists. Now, if you would like, there is a link at the Tap into the Truth Facebook page to the Daily Caller, to an article about the indictments, and on that page there at the Daily uh, Caller, there is a link to the actual indictment. You can read it for yourself in its entirety if you would like. And by all means, please feel free to do so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some great points uh, made in the chat room uh, also uh, Mary pointed out that uh, in California they're uh, concerned about uh, privacy except in the bathroom uh, awesome point and kind of 
along with the next story I was going to get to. So that actually makes a good transition. But Bigfoot points out uh, that uh, Sandra Fluck, although it still looks like Fluke to me. That's uh, Every time I see her name, I want to pronounce it Fluke. F-L-U-K-E. That looks like Fluke, but she pronounces it Fluck. Sandra Fluck, uh, which is a little too close to sounding like something else, which may be why she thought she needed so much contraceptives in the first place. I don't know. But uh, Sandra as Bigfoot points out, went on vacation to Europe with her boyfriend a few years ago. And she didn't seem to have any trouble affording that. And then Mary also says that uh, we aren't too far away from Soylent Green. And uh, now what's kind of scary is uh, you may be right about that too. But uh, talking about privacy in the bathrooms... Uh, although this isn't directly related to a privacy issue, the culture wars continue, and now, once again, folks on the left are going to have to pick a side because – now, I actually have two stories, but I'm going to go with this one first. Uh, they're going to have to pick a side in both of these stories, but we'll start with this one uh, because uh, two different constituents of the so-called progressive agenda – are involved. It seems like transgender people are now being oppressed because there's a certain kind of accessory that a lot of women were wearing during a recent march in Washington. I really hate using the language in this case because while the words aren't bad in its use and in its direction, it still feels a bit vulgar uh, as far as what I feel comfortable with. Uh, uh, it's not a word that I particularly like using in this fashion, but uh, I think it's necessary in this case. We all seen the ladies wearing the little pink toboggans with the funny little shape. Um, it seems now that transgender people are oppressed because the appropriately named pussy hats equate womanhood with, surprise, having a vagina. Yeah, that really is a thing, and it's picking up some steam in the LGBTQ communities, I'm afraid. Uh, the transgender folks are miffed at the feminists. Mm. Anyway, men who dress up in women's clothing and insist that they are women are unfairly ostracized from the modern American feminist movement because the feminists are overtly reproductive system focused. At least that's according to an op-ed that uh, showed up in the Daily Emerald, uh, the University of Oregon student newspaper. Uh, the author of the 790-word jewel, a Taylor Griggs, trains her invective on, quote, free the nipple campaigners, uh, which we talked about uh, also, a uh, free the nipple case uh, this past Sunday, if you missed it uh, 
Colorado is having trouble with the free the nipple folks as they're challenging based on equal treatment under the law <laughs> uh, a local ordinance that would prevent women from going around topless in public. A federal judge sided with the free the nipple folks. <sighs> anyway, Miss Griggs uh, seemed to be talking about the Free the Nipple campaigns and uh, especially the perky neon pink yarn pussy power hats with which many participants in January's Women's March, which actually was nothing more than a we don't like Donald Trump march, but uh, you know what march I'm talking about. Uh, a lot of these women wore the hat. Well, Griggs quotes uh, Marie Solis in uh, Mike for the uh, proposition that signs at the Women's March reading Pussy Power and Pussy Grabs Back deliver a clear and oppressive message to trans women. That oppressive message is, quote, having a vagina is essential to womanhood. Now, it pains me to, to say these quotes, and I explained why. I, the, the notion of pussy power and pussy grabs back, it just feels so vulgar to me. And it's because I'm reading the work of ultra-libtards at the moment, uh, the definition of you're so busy being a feminist that you don't realize that these are women too. I, I can't take myself there and feel comfortable. But we need to have this discussion. We do, because this is the kind of thing that the left fights about. This is something they legitimately consider important enough to fight with each other about. Now, we over here in conservative land feel like it's important to fight over issues like, are the Republicans really trying to repeal Obamacare, or are they trying to preserve the power, the extra constitutional authority the federal government gave itself through Obamacare and just call it something else. That's the kind of fight we have over here. This is the kind of fight that liberals or these so-called progressives are willing to fight with themselves about. The oppressive message. This is their words. The oppressive message that, quote, having a vagina is essential to womanhood. Solace goes on to quote a transgender woman who was offended by feminists holding signs that equate womanhood with having a vagina, and even more offended by a subset of feminists who point out that trans women are actually men in disguise trying to infiltrate their spaces. So, oh my goodness, at least some of the feminists are actually starting to get the message that a lot of us have been sending for some time, that this is a matter of biology, and putting on a dress or just a skirt or putting on a make, uh, push-up bra and some makeup isn't enough to claim that you're a woman. There are actually other aspects, biological in nature, defined by science, <laughs> Sorry, I back to peeking in the uh, the chat room. Defined by science 
as being what could be the definition of what is essential to womanhood. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mary was actually making a suggestion on the easy fix for the uh, the uh, Colorado town. Uh, easy fix, make win, uh, men wear shirts too. Uh, don't allow either men or women to be topless in public. And, you know, I'm okay with that. Uh, most guys these days, uh, sadly, are a, a lot like me, carried a few extra pounds and probably should be wearing a shirt anyway. <laughs> but uh, Bigfoot then asked to uh, free the nipple, dare I ask, have their own specialized piece of clothing. And actually, Bigfoot, I'm surprised if you haven't seen it, but they do. <laughs> Several of their sporters actually wear these T-shirts that approximately where their breasts should be. They show bare breasts with a set of hands covering the nipple. So they're still not being overtly... Uh, lewd uh, they're just being covertly lewd because it still sends the exact message they're trying to send and it is still what I would consider inappropriate for younger children to see in public uh, maybe I'm just a prude uh, but you know it was so much easier when people actually had some semblance <laughs> when people actually had I'm sorry, Mary made a great statement again so I'm, uh, I've got to chuckle again uh, when people actually had a semblance of modesty and understood that you do things not necessarily because you want to but because it's the polite thing to do out of consideration for others now Mary says don't these don't those women realize that if they free the nipple Pretty soon they'll be down to their waist or maybe even their knees. And, you know, I don't think they care, <laughs> Mary. I, a lot of these women are about showing up. And a lot of this is simply rebellion. This is that rebellious instinct that younger people have always had. We're going to fight the system. And you get a chance to show off their bodies in the process. If they have no modesty... If they have no uh, uh, body shame issues, which you know, I, I'm not pro-body shame, I, not by any means. I, I think that you should love who you are and what your body is regardless. And if you're not comfortable or happy about it, then you should take reasonable actions to, to fix it, rather through diet and exercise or, or whatever else is reasonable that you're okay with. But I emphasize the word reasonable. But that doesn't mean you have to walk around naked. Or as some of my uh, friends and neighbors locally here, since I am down in the south and all, would say, naked. And there is a difference between naked and naked. Naked is way more polite. It's artsy. Naked is down and dirty. <laughs> and unfortunately, a lot of these folks that we're talking about, well, they're so down and dirty they could use a shower. But anyway, <laughs> let's get, I really didn't want to get sidetracked on the free the nipple uh, bit, but uh, – yeah, again, these are the folks that she's attacking. So I'm actually in agreement with Miss Griggs that free the nipple is stupid. We're just not in agreement as to why. 
Anyway, Griggs continued. Uh, she continues to assert that it's essential to make sure that transgender women are included in definitions of womanhood. <laughs> Mary's asking, who's the, promoting this anyway, plastic surgeons? Actually, I think the people that are promoting the uh, free the nipple movement uh, is a group of uh, porn industry executives who, who have hired uh, levels of feminists to uh, push this agenda, and uh, that way they don't know it's the porn executives that are behind it. Uh, they're going around uh, videotaping these marches and then selling the underground tapes or something like that. Yeah, I really don't know. I mean, this is something most guys would be like, yeah, okay. But there's still decency questions that are involved here. And yes, it's – you shouldn't have to explain to somebody why you shouldn't go walking around topless. You just shouldn't. You shouldn't have to. Didn't have to. Used to not have to. And it wasn't because we were an uptight society. It was because we understood that you need to be considerate of other people. You should at least make the effort. You don't stop being considerate of other people until they've demonstrated they're not worthy of your consideration. You know, like people like Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. They have adequately uh, demonstrated they're not worthy of our consideration. They've really earned it, so… As far as the promotion, they claim to be a feminist organization. It would not surprise me if there's not a ton of money coming from George Soros, a dirty old man who's half-brothers with Satan. It sounds like it's right up his alley, actually. At any rate, the uh, op-ed writer for the University of Oregon, Ms. Griggs, uh, asserts that it's essential to make sure that transgender women are included in definitions of womanhood. I don't think you've got a real definition of womanhood. Again, easy for me to say. A real definition of womanhood can't possibly include a man. I'm sorry, it can't. So Miss Griggs is, well, like a lot of college snowflakes, out of her pot-smoking mind. Griggs also, of course, blames, <clears throat> wait for it, President Donald Trump because she says – and I quote, some of this genitalia-centered rhetoric is a direct backlash to President Trump's attacks on the female reproductive system. You know, that, that time that he attacked all female reproduction and their systems. I'm sorry, wasn't Trump in trouble for being a little hypersexual? Showing an appreciation for female reproductive systems. Wasn't that what got him in trouble? I, he's, I certainly don't want to sound like I'm defending the issue of the things that he said. Uh, but at the same time, I'm pretty sure that he very clearly asserted a certain level of appreciation and fondness for the female reproductive system. The only attack would have been if he actually carried out things that he talked about, which was all just locker room talk. It was BS. But when he was saying things like, if I see what I want, I'll just grab it. I seriously doubt he did that very often. And even 
And I say very often because I don't doubt that he's done it. I just I doubt that he's done it with someone that uh, didn't like it. Something tells me I'm going to get some mean emails for saying that, but you know I, I don't say that as a sexist thing. Some women like aggressive men, and I'm pretty sure that if he was involved with stuff like that, he would have probably, probably faced somebody in court if he had ever done it to someone who didn't like him doing it. Just saying. He had to spend some money, pay off or something. Otherwise, they must have enjoyed it. And at any rate, it worked out pretty well for them. So I don't think he's attacked female reproductive systems anywhere. But she's not done. She also goes on to insist that transgender women certainly should not be left out of any definition of womanhood. Didn't they say that already? It's essential to make sure. Okay, but then she says later that they... Certainly should not be like, okay, it seems like she's being a little redundant. Maybe she's run out of material. I don't know. But America's feminist movement must not forget the plight of women who dress up in men's clothing and tell everyone that they're men. Some transgender men have vaginas and uteri. I guess uteri must be the plural of uterus. Eh, Uteri, uteruses. Eh, rhinoceroses, what are you going to do? Some uh, transgender men have vaginas and uteri that cause significant psychological pain for them that is rarely addressed. Really? Uh, those poor men with their vaginas, that must be so psychologically painful. Griggs <laughs> briefly discusses intersectionality. And then asserts that black women do not have the privilege to take back their sexuality the same way that white women do. What? I don't even understand what that's supposed to mean. I, if if you guys understand that, to help me out, I don't get that. I, I'll repeat it in case you didn't catch all that. Or maybe you just need it repeated. I, I think I certainly do. Black women do not have the privilege to take back their sexuality the same way that white women do. And is she trying to say that if if a black girl comes out as gay, she can't change her mind and be straight again, but white women can? Because you know, I have absolutely never once heard of that. Uh, I have heard of women, period, who go through a phase. I'm assuming it was a phase. They do the, hey, I'm, uh, I like other women. I'm nutty. And then they get a little older, a little more mature, and they're like, yeah, you know what? Actually, I think I kind of like men after all. Lots of them may actually go through a phase where they consider themselves bisexual. How did sex get to be tonight's topic so largely? Oh, yeah, because we're talking about liberals who are idiots. That tends to happen sometimes. But I still I, – I have never once heard that there's some kind of stigma for black women who might try to do that. And maybe that's not even what she means, but I, I think that's what she means. Anyway, finally, at last, she closes with a plea to all feminists to, quote, 
advocate for the rights of people with vaginas and uteri and to show up at Black Lives Matter rallies. Uh, so my question comes back to this. Um, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you have to decide who's being oppressed more in order to decide whose side you're going to take in this issue. Because, you know, right here, I'm I'm going to have to take the side of the feminist because uh, I do think they, at the very least, seem to understand the meaning of womanhood. Now, they may be a little misguided in their efforts to do away with all things masculine, but uh, I don't know. At any rate, uh, it's just this is this is what so-called progressives will actually fight with each other about. That's it. All the things going on in the world, and that's what they choose to fight about. Now, the other culture war story also involves. Transgenders. Uh, they seem to make the topic a lot, but uh, here, this is almost kind of funny, and it's good that it's funny to a degree um, because it's actually about a joke. Or at least it started out about a joke, although it seems like some people just didn't find it very funny. Before I start, though, I'm going to recheck real quick, see if I. I'm still not seeing anything breaking about our favorite judge in Hawaii. Uh, something tells me it's probably going to come about 10 o'clock uh, Eastern uh, and probably be much later than usual. Of course, you know, in Hawaii, it's still pretty early. So, uh, yeah, we may have to wait till in the morning. Uh, he was trying to beat a judge in uh, Washington uh, so that he could claim he was the one that actually put the uh, – the restraining order on the executive order from Mr. Trump about the travel restriction. So that's why he came out so quickly that Wednesday night. Tonight, uh, he doesn't have to be in a race with anybody. So it'll probably be somewhere after 10, 30, 11 o'clock, maybe even after midnight Eastern time. And I assure you by that point in time, if I'm still awake, something's wrong. Unfortunately, I may very well be still awake. I've struggled quite a bit. But anyway, uh, seems like Dave Chappelle, who's been out of the comedic spotlight for a while, uh, made a bit of a return. In fact, he made his first comedy special in about 13 years. And uh, in the process of it, he told a couple of jokes about transgender people. Obviously, nobody gave Dave Chappelle the memo that there's certain people you just can't joke about. Now, again, I do have a link to this at the Tap into the Truth Facebook page if you're so inclined to check that out. Uh, and there you'll see my little glib about somehow I don't think Chappelle's going to care much if someone's feelings got hurt. The bottom line is, and this is something most comedians will happily tell you, 
is that comedy is almost always at someone's expense. Even if it has to be self-deprivating when we tell some funny story, you know, the comedic part of it, something has to have happened to someone in order to make it funny. That's how the rest of us can relate or uh, at least find a reason to laugh about it. And as I'm sure people like Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle and uh, other comedians have figured out by now, unfortunately for them, uh, while it does usually have to be at someone's expense, that can't always be old, rich, white guys. It gets old. <laughs> people stop laughing after a while. But at any rate, during Chappelle's uh, new stand-up, uh, called The Age of Spin, live at the Hollywood uh, Palladium. The comedian cracked multiple jokes about transgender transitions and the term LGBTQ, which I'm still not in the habit of using Q unless I'm just reading the quote from something. So, uh, I'm just old school. I do like my LGBT without the Q. I don't think the Q really has anything to do with the transgender thing. But anyway... Uh, Chappelle began one of his jokes uh, saying, Stuart educates me about this movement. Uh, obviously, the Stuart uh, is supposed to be a gay acquaintance. I don't know if it's a real person or just a character Chappelle made up. Could have a real friend. But anyway, um, referenced the uh, gay acquaintance and uh, the LGBTQ community. Uh, he <laughs> continues saying, uh, he told me it's called L LBGTQ. So he intentionally got the letters mixed up. That was supposed to be part that was funny. LBGTQ instead of LGBTQ. But uh, he told me it's called LBGTQ. I was like, what the F is the Q for? Although, of course, he actually says the uh, explicative word. Does that even make sense? Q? It turns out Q's... <laughs> like the vowels. That stuff is sometimes why. Now, Chappelle quibbed that, uh, as in A-E-I-O-N-U, sometimes why. Sometimes they don't add the Q. I, I guess that's one of those jokes that you really have to hear it to get it, or maybe you have to be in the flow. Anyway, he says, it's for gay dudes that don't really know they're gay. You know what I mean? Kind of like prison fags. Okay, and I'm assuming at this point he's getting some laughs. I don't know. But uh, then he launched into a segment where he joked about two friends cutting off their genitals, poking fun at the idea of people transitioning sexes. Chappelle was talking about uh, saying one friend suggesting to the other friend that they both cut off their penises. Are you sure that's what you really want to do? According to Dave, that's what one friend asked the other. There's only one way to find out. And then he screams out, Wu-Tang! Uh, and then he was pantomiming, cutting off his penis. Now Chappelle there was referencing a rapper from the Wu-Tang Clan who cut off his own penis before jumping out a window. Uh, of course, the Wu-Tang Clan denies any affiliation with the guy who did it, although clearly they had one. Previous, It's kind of a messy thing, and unless you're just not familiar with the Wu-Tang Clan group of rappers, then, uh, well, 
It's a very Dave Chappelle kind of joke. Chappelle's jokes, however, predictably triggered outrage and a tidal wave of accusations that he's... Yes, that's right. You can guess it. In fact, I, I will wait just a second and see if anybody in the chat room wants to guess. They accused of being, <laughs> they accused David Chappelle of being, wait for it, wait for it. Anybody going to guess in the chat room? No? Nobody's guessing? They accused David Chappelle. <laughs> Intolerant. Well, that's a good guess, but no, no. Uh, everybody loves to put the word phobe at the end of everything these days. And now Dave Chappelle, much like myself, I'm sure, according to some folks, I have read people making statements that I'm truly one of these two. Dave Chappelle is a transophobe, which, of course, is intolerant by definition, uh, even though we know who the true intolerant folks are. But yes, uh, folks uh, tweeted all kinds of stuff. They attacked him. Uh, and even a BuzzFeed article claimed that Chappelle's comments were an attempt by a uh, cisgender man to assure people that he's not gay. Um, yeah, okay, I'm pretty sure Dave Chappelle would just say, guys, oh, actually, I'm pretty sure Dave Chappelle would say, I'm not gay, bitches, because that's how Dave Chappelle talks. Uh, <laughs> isn't it funny how I'm okay with saying bitches like that, but still have trouble saying pussy power? Maybe there is something wrong with me, too. Maybe we can get into that in the next episode. But uh, you know, that's Dave Chappelle. Uh, <clears throat> when straight men aren't uh, derating queer people to affirm their own masculinity – they might be paying lip service to women's rights only as a ruse to get some ass. This was another direct quote from the BuzzFeed article. So you can find Dave Chappelle's special on Netflix if you are a Netflix subscriber, and you can watch the whole thing there. And I have not watched it yet. I think I probably won't unless uh, unless I have a lot of communication from folks out there. Uh, if listeners want to uh, want to insist that I watch it, feel free to message me, whatever you'd like to do. And uh, maybe if enough of you get together and say, hey, Tim, if you're going to talk about it, you should at least watch it. Now, but what I'm afraid of, though, guys, <laughs> what I'm almost terrified of is that if I watch this Dave Chappelle special, is I might actually like it. Because <laughs> I remember Dave Chappelle when he was doing his show on Comedy Central, and some of his bits were just straight-up racist. Actually, a lot of them were. But a lot of them were pretty funny. Uh, I'm James Brown. Uh, he... If you haven't seen him, you're not going to get it. But Dave Chappelle is generally a funny guy. And so if I watch this special, I'm pretty sure that I'm actually going to enjoy it. And I may be coming on the show talking about uh, uh, 
LQGPLT or <laughs> something to that effect. Anyway, uh, still, we've got about 15 minutes and some odd seconds left. Going to check again real quick, see if there's any breaking news from Hawaii. And so far, I'm still not seeing anything. I'm going to be very disappointed if I get off the air and there hasn't been something. And I'll probably, my luck, it'll probably come up just minutes after time for me to sign off. That's what will probably happen. So anyway, uh, another quick story. This one uh, probably would qualify as a headline that you may have missed. Uh, if you haven't missed this, then congratulations, you're paying attention. If you're surprised by this, then sorry, you really haven't been paying much attention because the fact that this happened shouldn't surprise anyone. Seems that there's some anti-Trump questions, anti-President Donald Trump questions, that showed up on a school quiz, and it has spurred some outrage, thankfully. Uh, indoctrination of our youth by liberal academia. Again, uh, no surprise if you've been paying attention. You ought to know this. But anyway, seems that a Miss Rebecca Gomez, an eighth, sorry, her eighth grade daughter, brought home a vocabulary quiz from uh, Timber Ridge Middle School last week. That in and of itself, not that much out of the ordinary. Uh, except that when mom got an eyeful of a few of the fill-in-the-blank questions, uh, she got a little upset. Uh, quote, it was difficult for me to blank my feelings when I learned that Donald J. Trump had been voted in as our 45th president. After reading about Donald Trump's immigration ban, I did not realize how blank the law can be. And that's a couple other questions. Uh, to say that Gomez was livid over the questions from the Plainfield, Illinois uh, school, well, that'd be an understatement. Quoted as saying on a Facebook post, I'm one unhappy parent. She posted that back on uh, March 22nd, by the way, so it hadn't been that long ago. Usually takes a while for a story like this to circulate to the mainstream media. Gomez told the uh, Plainfield Patch, which is a local news outlet there. I would hope you didn't really need me to say that, but yeah, it helps me to feel important to explain things like that. I'm sorry. Anyway, she told the Plainfield Patch, quote, I was just mortified. I was shocked when I actually saw the questions. I couldn't believe that a teacher would write those questions. Tom Hernandez, Director of Community Relations for District 202, confirmed to the patch that the quiz was created by Timber Ridge teacher and given to students. Didn't confirm which Timber Ridge teacher. At any rate, quote, we are aware of the quiz. He told the outlet uh, this past Friday, we are conducting an inquiry and review of the matter, and if warranted, we'll take appropriate disciplinary action. And I can't help but wonder, after one of the stories that we talked about this past Sunday, if there's any school system in this country that would think disciplinary action would be appropriate when criticizing Donald Trump. But uh, 
Anyway, some of the other questions in the same section. Uh, I will read them to you. <clears throat> there is great blank among Americans, especially those who are strong supporters of President Trump and those who are against him. The President of the United States blank accused the media of covering up terrorist attacks in European countries. I have blank to see out non-biased news. I have blank to seek out non-biased news so that I am a well-educated and informed citizen. <laughs> well, it sounds to me like the teacher that came up with this quiz has to fill in that last blank. I have blank to seek out uh, with the word yet. I have yet to seek out non-biased news. Or I have serious aversion to seeking out non-biased news. You know, I'd say, actually, we could probably take this quiz and uh, make a, a little bit of a party by <laughs> setting back and uh, having everybody uh, fill in the blank with uh, your best answers. Um I've seen this story at multiple outlets now. I, my link to it uh, is uh, that I have at the face tap into the truth Facebook page uh, is directed to the blaze. So by all means, if you would like to, please check it out. But um, <laughs> we could uh, certainly take those questions that are there. And uh, spend some time filling in the blanks and uh, having some fun with it at an upcoming show. I think we may do that. So if you guys, especially you guys who are currently in the chat room, would like to participate with that, please do. I would love to get some feedback from you guys. And uh, we can spend some time reading in some of your best fill-in-the-blank answers for these because I think that would just be a lot of fun, <laughs> honestly. At any rate, uh, Gomez also told the patch that she met this past Friday with Timber Ridge Principal Dean uh, Karatakis, Karatakis, K-A-R-I-O-T-A-K-I-S, Karatakis. I'm assuming it's a, a Greek-derived name. It's what it looks like. Uh, Principal Dean, if I am wrong and you hear this, please accept my apology. I mean no disrespect. I'm simply trying to pronounce your name, and my southern uh, tongue sometimes has trouble with fancy words. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, I talked with the Timber Ridge principal and the director of administration and personnel, Miss Jennifer Orlos. And she was told that the teacher was spoken to by administrators regarding the quiz. Okay, now, I'm sorry, but spoken to could very easily mean something as simple as, hey, great job, love the quiz, high five. Anyway, uh, continuing, quote, we're not looking to get her fired or anything. Aha! Our first clue. The teacher is a her. But with so-called progressives, how definitive is that? What if she's a trans teacher? I, I, I don't know anymore. The, the clues, they, they mean nothing. Anyway, we're not looking to get her fired or anything, Gomez uh, told the patch, 
adding that she wanted to get this out there because this kind of stuff is not appropriate for school. And it's all in the media. We don't need this in the classroom. Now, commenters on Gomez's Facebook page tended to agree. Thank goodness. I'm glad folks got behind this. The indoctrination of our youth by liberal academia, one commenter wrote. It has been going on for years. Thank God my kids turned out conservative. This woman needs to be fired. She can't even present a test that is grammatically correct. <laughs> Somebody else wrote, imagine how much trouble a teacher would get into if they shared their conservative beliefs in this manner. Not even okay in super conservative Texas. And one person said that uh, she's not a Trump supporter, nevertheless declared, how rude for her to do this. Exactly, Gomez replied to the comment, I don't care who you support. Politics should, be, should not be shoved in our children's face in school. So, yeah, that's, that's just phenomenal. <laughs> so, like I said, uh, not surprising that this happens, uh, surprising that folks are getting behind it. I'm glad to see that somebody decided to, to post this and get the information out there. Definitely, though, it's not surprising that this is happening. In fact, there's probably been a whole lot worse uh, things done even before the election in ways to try and sway young minds. Uh, this is how they turn our young people into cannon fodder for their revolution of the snowflake. In fact, you know, I was thinking the other day, uh, I think I'm going to pitch this as a TV uh, notion. I'm thinking a reality TV show. Now, don't, don't you guys steal this idea, by the way, okay? I've already started production work on this, uh, and I've already started filling out, uh, sending out fillers, so I'm already pitching this. But I'm gonna I'm pitching a reality show called Growing Up Snowflake, and it's gonna be centered around a group of about four honest to goodness can't be defined any other way snowflakes, and their struggles to actually accomplish anything on their own. I think it's at least as good as anything else on cable television. And I think that's probably where we're going to have to leave things for tonight. I've got just a smidge over five minutes left. But uh, before uh, I sign off today, I want to spend a, send a special shout-out to uh, Dan Butcher, the High Plains pundit himself. He announced earlier on social media uh, that he has been invited to be a guest on the Glenn Beck radio show. Uh, so... Uh, you know, that's a, a fantastic opportunity for uh, Dan to get his uh, message and himself in the ears of a really big audience that probably isn't normally listening uh, to his show already. So I think it's a great chance to get some cross-pollination done. And I do think that the general Glenn Beck audience would be extremely receptive of Dan and the entire uh, network roster over there. So congratulations to Dan. Uh, there will be, uh, of course, more details later uh, once things get more finalized. But I wanted to congratulate him on the opportunity to uh, get in front of a much uh, much different audience, and hopefully we'll be able to turn that into making his audience much larger. Uh, 
want to definitely thank everybody who took the time to listen today. Uh, I hope you guys had a little more fun than usual. I was I was needing some fun. After last Wednesday not getting on and then Sunday's technical glitches where I literally had to upload a show later. Uh, <laughs> Mary asked, does anybody listen to Beck? Actually, yeah, Glenn Beck has one of the larger audiences, despite the fact that now he's completely outside of just affiliates that pick him up. Uh, he's done everything that he does now strictly online. Uh, there are still some terrestrial radio stations that uh, air the show in syndication. But Glenn Beck still has as large an audience as he ever has, if not larger. Uh, the uh, the Blaze Network for the television side of things uh, is pretty sizable. And lots of folks who get to be on the radio show do end up getting a chance to be at least on a segment on the TV show. Uh, so I think it's going to be a great opportunity, providing that uh, Glenn Beck doesn't do to Dan, and I wouldn't expect that he would, the kind of thing that, as I say, uh, Ted Koppel did to Sean Hannity. <laughs> uh, I really, uh, we're, we'll probably be talking a little bit more about that uh, Sunday, the whole Ted Koppel, Sean Hannity bit. But Sean Hannity really should have known better. And uh, to answer uh, to your comment, Mary, yeah, I suspect there are a lot of uh, never-Trumpers that do listen to Beck, uh, but I also suspect that there's some other folks, too, that uh, were listening well before Trump became a candidate and didn't completely walk away from him during the never-Trump uh, bit. But, uh, you know, be that as it may, a lot of folks since Trump won have moved on. They've forgiven uh uh, Glenn, for anything that's happened there, and they move forward. Uh, I myself occasionally listen to Glenn Beck, uh, not on a regular basis, but uh, occasionally I do. Um, the show comes off a bit too flippant to me sometimes. The uh, almost a frat boy atmosphere with uh, Stu and uh, uh, who's the other guys? There's like Three other guys besides Glenn when he does the radio bit. It's not bad, though, but I, I still think it's a great opportunity for uh, – <laughs> well, he may very well be, Barry. He certainly has his moments, but then who doesn't? Uh, I, about talk show hosts that are crazy that I didn't get to today, uh, there's actually been an apology from Alex Jones about the Pizzagate story. There's some circumstances around that, and that's another one that we'll probably get to Sunday. Uh, but I – Really, just I'm going to have to cut loose. But anyway, uh, as long as Dan keeps us informed, I will try to keep you guys informed too because it's always an opportunity, a great opportunity when you get some national exposure. Uh, same thing. She was part of a uh, roundtable discussion uh, that will be showing up on CNN soon. I'll try to let you guys uh, uh, be aware of that as well. And at any rate... I'm going to have to get going, guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Mary. Thanks, Bigfoot. Appreciate you guys joining in and participating in the chat room. Thanks, everybody else, for listening, no matter where you're listening from. And remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. That's got to be it for tonight, guys, but I'll see you Sunday. And in the meanwhile, have a great rest of the week, and God bless. Love you, and I'm out.